Hello and welcome my dear listeners. I hope you'll enjoy your stay here and I will be reading the first ever book that I have chosen for this podcast which is not really a podcast and that is The Book Thief by Marcus Zizek. I hope you like it. And I have to apologize beforehand for the noise that you will hear in the background because I live awfully close to a road and there will always be the noise of traffic in the background maybe after a few chapters the noise will magically disappear because i will figure out a way to edit them out and sometimes it might not but i hope you will be okay with it if you want i can add background music so please do let me know what you think and let's start it is 1939 nazi germany the country is holding its breath death has never been busier and will become busier still lisel miminger finds her life changed when she unearths a single object from the snow it is the grave digger's handbook left there by accident at her brother's funeral and it is her first act of book theory but these are dangerous times when lisel's foster family hides a jewish man in their basement lisel's world is both opened up and closed down in superbly crafted prose that burns with intensity award winning author marcus zusak has given us one of the most enduring stories of our time prologue a mountain range of rubble in which our narrator introduces himself the colors and the book thief death and chocolate first the colors then the humans that's usually how i see things or at least how i try here is a small fact you are going to die i am in all truthfulness attempting to be cheerful about this whole topic though most people find themselves hindered in believing me no matter my protestations please trust me i most definitely can be cheerful i can be amiable agreeable affable and that's only the ace just don't ask me to be nice nice has nothing to do with me reaction to the aforementioned fact does this worry you i urge you don't be afraid i'm nothing if not fair of course an introduction a beginning where are my manners i could introduce myself properly but it's not really necessary you will know me well enough and soon enough depending on a diverse range of variables It suffices to say that at some point in time I will be standing over you as genially as possible your soul will be in my arms a color will be perched on my shoulder I will carry you gently away at that moment you will be lying there I rarely find people standing up you will be caked in your own body there might be a discovery A scream will dribble down the air. 
The only sound I'll hear after that will be my own breathing and the sound of the smell of my footsteps. The question is, what color will everything be at that moment when I come for you? What will the sky be saying? Personally, I like a chocolate colored sky. Dark, dark chocolate. People say it suits me. I do, however, try to enjoy every color I see. The whole spectrum. A billion or so flavors. None of them quite the same. And the sky to slowly suck on. It takes the edge of the stress. It helps me relax. A small theory. People observe the colors of a day only at its beginnings and ends. But to me it's quite clear that a day merges through a multitude of shades and intonations with each passing moment. A single hour can consist of thousands of different colors. Waxy yellows, cloud-spat blues, murky darknesses. In my line of work, I make it a point to notice them. As I have been alluding to, my one saving grace is distraction. It keeps me sane. It helps me cope, considering the length of time I have been performing this job. The trouble is, who could ever replace me? Who could step in while I take a break in your Stoke Standard Resort style vacation destination? Whether it be tropical or of the ski trip variety? The answer, of course, is nobody, which has prompted me to make a con conscious, deliberate decision to make distraction my vacation. Needless to say, I vacation in increments, in colors. Still, it's possible that you might be asking, why does he even need a vacation? What does he need distraction from? Which brings me to my next point. It's the leftover humans, the survivors. They are the ones I can't stand to look at. Although, on many occasions, I still fail. I deliberately seek out the colors to keep my mind off them. But now and then, I witness the ones who are left behind, crumbling among, crumbling among the jigsaw puzzle of realization, despair and surprise. They have punctured hearts. They have beaten lungs. Which in turn brings me to the subject I am telling you about tonight, or today, or whatever the hour and the color. It's the story of one of those perpetual survivors, an expert at being left behind. It's just a small story really, about, among other things, a girl, some words, an accordionist, some fanatical Germans, a Jewish fist fighter, and quite a lot of theory. I saw the book thief three times. Beside the railway line. First up is something white, of the blinding kind. Some of you, most likely thinking that white is not a really color, and all of that tired sort of nonsense. Well, I am here to tell you that it is. White is, without question, a color. And personally, I don't think you want to argue with me. A reassuring announcement. Please, be calm. Despite that previous threat, I am all bluster. I am not violent. I am not malicious. I am a result. Yes, it was white. I felt as though the whole globe was dressed in snow. Like it had pulled it on. The way you pull on a sweater. 
next to the train line, footprints were sunken to their shins. Trees were blankets of ice. As you might expect, someone had died. They couldn't just leave him on the ground. For now, it wasn't such a problem. But very soon, the track ahead would be cleared and the train would need to move on. There were two guards. There was one mother and her daughter. One corpse. The mother, the girl, the corpse remained stubborn and silent. Well, what else do you want me to do? The guards were tall and short. The tall one always spoke first, though he was not in charge. He looked at the smaller, rounder one, the one with juicy red face. Well, was the response. We can't just leave them like this, can we? The tall one was losing patience. Why not? And the smaller one, damn near, exploded. He looked up at the tall one's chin and cried, Spins, duh! Are you stupid? The abhorrence on his cheeks was growing thicker by the moment. His skin widened. Come on, he said, trapezing over the snow. We'll carry all three of them back on if we have to. We'll notify the next stop. As for me, I had already made the most elementary of mistakes. I can't explain to you the severity of my self-disappointment. Originally, I had done everything right. I studied the blinding white snow sky who stood at the window of the moving train. I practically inhaled it. But still, I wavered. I buckled. And I became interested in the girl. Curiosity got the better of me and I resigned myself to stay as long as my schedule allowed. And I watched. Twenty-three minutes later, when the train stopped, I climbed out with them. A small soul was in my arms. I stood a little to the right. The dynamic train guard duo made their way back to the mother, the girl and the small male corpse. I clearly remember that my breath was loud that day. I am surprised the guards didn't notice me as they walked by. The world was sagging now under the weight of all that snow. Perhaps ten meters to my left, the pale, empty-stomached girl was standing, frost-stricken. Her mouth jittered. Her cold arms were folded. Tears were frozen to the book thief's face. 